Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster. Alongside me each and every week, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. If you are here, it's because you love everything about professional wrestling inside and outside the ring. This week, we're talking about the return of John Cena, blood and guts in Detroit, and the crowning of a new AEW interim world champion. Charlie, how are you? Very well, thank you, Jack. How are you? How's your wrist? We're still nursing that injury, aren't we? It's healing. It's healing up nicely. It's uh, it's um, I had to do some TV filming this week and I had a new cast put on it and everyone has been wanting to write on it. And I've been saying you cannot write on it until I've done my TV filming because there's so much they can do with it because you know what will happen. People will just want to write rude things on it. So I'm like, you can't do it until I've done the filming. So it's all good. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you, very well. There's, it's just there's so much wrestling. I say this every week, but I was thinking before we came on today, I was like, right, we've got to run through Forbidden Door, we've got to run through Blood and Guts, and we've got to run through John Cena coming back. And then I was like, oh, and it's Money in the Bank this weekend. So much going on. If you love wrestling as much as we do, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening today. Get involved with the podcast as well. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I am Jack underscore Murley. Let's kick off then with the weekend that's just been. AEW Forbidden Door coming to us live from Chicago. We saw the crowning of a new AEW interim world champion in the form of John Moxley. Some top quality wrestling and a debut from the Swiss Superman, no longer going by the name of Cesario, but Claudio Castagnoli is in AEW. What did you think of the event, Charlie? just thought it was probably what we expected. It was just some brilliant wrestling, wasn't it? I don't think really there was a weak match on the card. There was better matches, but you wouldn't say any of them was a bad wrestling match particularly. Um, I thought that it was what we expected, the fact that if you were there for the storyline and long-term booking and that sort of thing, probably wasn't wasn't the show for you because it was a it was a uh, culmination of two companies coming together, big like also almost mashup event. So the long term storyline wasn't there. But if you took that, accepted that, it was actually a very very good show, great event. And the main thing is, three years ago, two years ago, could you imagine this happening? It's really cool. I think now that wrestling is at a point where probably number two and three of wrestling companies in the world in size and popularity are happy to not be rivals, to come together and give fans a show that they never thought they were going to get. I think that's the absolute point. This wouldn't have happened when we were first doing our first version of this podcast. We threw out on social media a quick poll to see how, how you were feeling ahead of the event. Uh, and, and it was really an interesting split. There were four options. Can't wait and bring it on. Excited but not buzzing. I'm not fussed. And they've blown the bill. 50% of folks said can't wait and bring it on. 20% said excited but not buzzing. And 30% said I'm just not fussed, which I think broadly reflects how we were feeling. You, you knew you were going to get great wrestling. Some people were incredibly hyped, but there was a portion of the fan base that just wasn't invested in this show because of the stories. Yeah, and, and that is understandable because if you're a more casual wrestling fan, and AEW is getting to the point now where it is bringing more casual fans. Look at the names who are going there. Big names who are popular figures from the last 10 years of WWE are in AEW now, so more casual fans are going to be turning up. Casual fans aren't, they don't know who Tanahashi is. They don't know who Minoru Suzuki is. They're not interested in, in that sort of stuff. And that's absolutely fine. It, it is. It appeals to a certain type of fan. Uh, but also, if this gets more eyes on New Japan as a product and more of the brilliant wrestlers over there, then that's brilliant for wrestling as well. Like, I, I am a big believer that I don't care what wrestling people watch. If they're talk, watching wrestling, it's brilliant for the industry. So I think it was a huge success 
in what it wanted to achieve industry-wide. I think it was a huge success in what it delivered wrestling-wise. I think it was a really, really great show. And I think it'll be the first of, we will see them. I, I, I'll be interested if AW go to Japan and do something in the Tokyo Dome or something like that with New Japan in the future. Which is what New Japan is saying, that they they enjoyed it and they would love to do a Forbidden Door too. They're saying for their 50th anniversary, which really takes them through only to the spring of next year. So maybe we'll get a second Forbidden Door this year or early part of next year. Uh, Nick says, I ordered the pay-per-view because I got free credits on Fight TV. I knew I'd enjoy the matches, but I didn't feel like it would be essential viewing for me. I didn't expect storylines for a company versus company show. I just wanted to be sold on why New Japan wrestlers were amazing and see them line up with AEW you people and i didn't think beforehand i was given reasons to care about anyone except tanahashi and osprey dan says i think that they were very unlucky with the build with injuries that said i think they will have a few surprises up their sleeves this was all before the night let's talk about the night itself and let's talk about the debut of uh, the former cesario now cesario that's twice i've said cesario isn't it i let the first one slide but i know you do you're you're better than this you're a professional Ah, well, I don't think so. The debut of Cesaro, now known as Claudio Castagnoli, some pop he got. Yeah, the, they blew the roof off, didn't they? It was, it, we, we said it was going to be him or Gargano. And I love that Gargano was in Chicago on the day. I yeah. really hope that was just an absolute coincidence. Because imagine what he must have been like watching on Wednesday and seeing Dan Santis and be like, oh God, I'm there on, on um, Saturday. Because you know, you know <laughs> wrestling fans are going to find that as well. A wrestling fan is going to find his plane ticket. So that, that was a brilliant little twist that was hilarious as well. Um, it had to be on the two of them, otherwise I think it was going to disappoint. And I think it was brilliant, I think. Former Cesaro, Claudio is now known, which I think is his real name. I think that's why he wrestled on the Indies. I think he's just yeah, called yeah. Claudio Castagnoli, isn't he? Um, he's excellent. And I really think WWE dropped the ball with him. Uh, I think he's world championship material. I'm interested to see how long he stays in Blackpool Combat Club because do you think that limits him being in that being in that faction? Wouldn't you like to see a fight for the space? Couldn't you see Regal as sort of the mob boss of the BCC going, right, Danielson, you want back in. If you want that place you left, you have to beat Castagnoli to get your place back. I think there's some interesting stories to tell there. Or you could just go bigger and you could say all right we changed our plans we can have both men in there but i i think it's fantastic him being there he, before we get onto the match what has been bugging me is his entrance music what is that music yeah it's not it's not a bop as the kids would say is it it's not great it's some remixed version of a classic theme and it's not the blue peter theme but it's not a million miles away from the blue peter theme every time that hits i'm thinking i know that music imagine if that was his gimmick imagine if he just brought ex blue peter presenters out with him <laughs> katie hill peter purvis all of those ones and all he wants all he wants is a gold badge he's not after a title he just wants a gold blue peter badge <laughs> they were like gold dust back in the day but he is brutal in his chase yes, of it. Yes. He, he will stop at nothing to get it. Well, Tony, if you're listening, you can There's have a gimmick that. there. There's a gimmick there for someone. It's niche, but it's there. It's not only a gimmick. It's a perfect name for a gimmick. Blue Peter. I mean, you. Oh, God. Yeah. NXT UK, if you want to introduce one of your latest stars as Blue Peter in the chase for a badge, you are welcome. I mean, the reaction he got, amazing. And, and you just, I thought AEW played it perfectly because so often they tease it's a world changing acquisition it's and actually they just they just said look it's a, a world class technical wrestler we sort of knew who it was that didn't dampen it at all 
No, not at all. And also, what a great first week to have to go in and wrestle Zack Sabre Jr., who's brilliant, by the way. If people haven't seen much of Zack Sabre Jr., go and watch him. I've been looking to see him live, and he's just does things that the human body shouldn't really be able to do. Uh, to go and have a massive pay-per-view match with him and then four days later go into Blood and Guts and have a real, really strong performance in there. Not a bad first week for him. No. And in Chicago, with a Chicago crowd as well around yeah. you. So I thought that was a superb match. Match of the night for me, Will Osprey against Orange Cassidy. Will Osprey is just amazing. And Orange Cassidy, so underrated. Yeah, I just want to see more of Will Osprey. Yes. Just, just I, I would love to see him in AW week up weekly because I think he's just he's another one I very I saw him versus Ricochet live, which was just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. That there, if you haven't seen it, go back and look at their twenty four million part feud on the Indies through the mid twenty uh, tens because they kind of changed the game a little bit in wrestling and the way wrestling was perceived with what they did. Um, but Will Ospreay is brilliant, um, and like you say. Orange Cast is so criminally underrated. And he has this amazing, amazing talent that losing doesn't affect him. It doesn't hurt him. No. And only a few wrestlers have that. And you look at his win-loss record, I bet you he's about even. But it doesn't feel that way, does it? So that was a brilliant match. I really enjoyed the uh, four-way for the Mid-Atlantic title. Did not see Pac winning it. That no. surprised me, but I- I'm really happy. An angry Geordie with a title on, a- on the world stage. What is there not to like there? Um... I hope I hope my my baby Adam Cole's okay. Yeah, that was that was unfortunate because it, it's pretty clear from Dynamite, as they alluded to this week, that that Adam Cole is the latest person to go down with an injury. Add him to Kyle O'Reilly, to Bobby Fish, to CM Punk. The list goes on and on. I I I thought it. Yeah, you you feel for them because that match had everything, and then the ending wasn't. I what I don't quite understand is is why he didn't just pin he being a, a switchblade. In um, Okada, I don't don't quite understand yeah. why that didn't happen. It just the whole thing just got the wind taken out of it a little bit, didn't it? By the ending, which is a shame because you look at the four men in that match, it should have been nothing but a twelve star classic. Um, so it, it was a shame, but all in all, I think the pay per view was brilliant uh, from a wrestling standpoint. I think it did a brilliant thing for the industry, and it uh, ex- exceeded what it should have given the injury crisis it got hit with. To lose when you lose Brian Danielson. And no one's talking about because who you can replace him with, you're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, that show was snake bit from the start. That there, there must have been points where Tony Khan's looking and going, oh, well, what now? What else are we going to have to deal with? Can we just go back to Will Ospreay? Because I, I, I want to talk about him more. He is the guy on that card, I think probably, who top five carried himself with the most character, the, the most... You watched him, and it wasn't the moves. It was the way he, he he held himself in the ring, the way he transitioned from place to place. He was just everything. I mean, he, he for me, him coming out of that show, he's the guy who comes out with the most. Yeah, he saw that as a real chance to announce himself on the world stage, and you know, he didn't know him, and he definitely did. So if I was Tony Khan, I'd be having really big conversations with Will Ospreay and with New Japan to try and work out how I get more of him. Also... Just a quick one for everyone. If you hear in the background, Otto has had to go in his crate. He's been out for an hour and a half this morning. He's had to go in because I'm recording and he would come and lick the laptop. And he's doing his best impression of Kane at Bad Blood 97 and trying to rip the door off. 
because <laughs> not because he hates his crate. He often takes the stuff in there himself. But sometimes just decides that's not what he wants. I think yeah. he's got the taste for his running last week, and he wants the same. So if you hear any rattling about in the background or some whimpering, that's all it is. Yeah, Charlie's recording from like you know when mankind did the boiler room promos. That's sort of where Charlie is. He sat down there, and if you can hear rattling, it's because Otto is in his cage. Let's talk quickly about um the new interim world champion is John Moxley. I think he was the obvious choice to go with, the only choice to go with. Exciting to see Mox back with the belt. A big-time matchup with CM Punk, you'd assume, at some point down the road. I didn't really know I wanted to see that until they put the belt on Mox, and, yeah, can't wait for that when that happens. Yeah, that's going to be huge, isn't it? And I think you forget what a great title run Mox had back as, I think he was the second champion, wasn't he, after Jericho, I think, yeah. if I'm right. Yeah. He, was, he had a brilliant title run, and I think we're going to see it again here, and it will be interesting what they do when Punk's back, because if Mock's over and it's properly over, do you put it back on Punk? Do you, it, it's going to be really, really interesting, but Mox is a certified grade A superstar in all all walks of wrestling, and he's just so cool. He is in, like, when he's that picture of him lying in the corner with blood all over his face with the belt, you're like, oh, you're cool. Yeah, that did you see the photo of the BCC backstage with him with the belt? He's yes. crouched down in front. You've got Castagnoli. You got, I mean, you just look and you think, you boys are the bee's knees. And yeah. as we heard announced on Dynamite this week, Grand Slam, maybe not surprising, but it's still a big get that AEW is returning to New York to the Arthur Ashe Arena for Grand Slam. If Punk is healthy by then, that's where surely you do mocks Punk to, to unify those belts and you put it on free TV and you say, let's see what we can do in terms of a number. Honestly, that in that stage, I said it last year, I'll say it again now. Anyone who thinks Arthur Ashe Stadium was built for tennis is mistaken. It was built for wrestling. Those steep um, stands, it just all feel, how many thousand people just feel on top of you? Yeah, that'll be a hell of a Under the floodlights outside, yeah, give me, give me, give me that in the middle of New York. Yeah. As Otto rattles his cage, we talk about a different kind of cage in Detroit, Michigan, because AEW go from Chicago to Detroit for Blood and Guts. The second Blood and Guts match, but the first in front of a capacity crowd. And my, oh my, with a 13,000 plus hop for this match, went for the best part of an hour. Jericho's crew against the BCC and Kingston. It was everything it said, Blood and Guts. Oh, it was gory and it was physical. And we all, we all said, how are they going to, do something that's wilder and tougher than anarchy in the arena. And they did because there was just so much blood and so much physicality. And I really thought Sammy wasn't going to make his flip off the top. I thought he wasn't going to fall. So thank God he did. I really, really, really enjoyed it until the end. I thought the end was far too contrived and just tried to be a little bit too clever. Like, is Eddie meant to be angry with the fact that Jericho didn't tap out and Claudio got the tap out? Is it? I, d- I don't know. Like, I just, yeah. That, but up to the last 30 seconds, I thought it was brilliant. And the last 30 seconds, I was just like, oh, you've tried to be a bit too clever for yourselves, AEW. Yeah, and, and execution is everything in that position. And I think the commentary team didn't help because Regal thought that Jericho was tapping because Regal hadn't spotted Maynard tapping in the background. Jim Ross was sort of saying, no, it's Maynard who's tapping, but Ross didn't know the name of, 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 of Maynard. And, and, and you just go... This is where subtlety can be your friend. And I wonder if WWE had tried to execute that, whether they would have done it a little bit better, whether they would have not drawn attention to that fact. And that would have been the next week's story. It just, it took a bit of the wind out of the sails. Yeah, it did a little bit. It just was a little bit of like a ugh, ending to a brilliant match and a really, really good Dynamite, actually, I thought. Uh, because amazingly, you know what my, my, I'm most invested on Dynamite at the moment? 
Go for it. Luchasaurus and Christian. Yeah. Now this Christian Cage heel turn, which which has been coming for as long as the world has been spinning, really. I mean, we've been expecting this for a long time. But my two weeks in, isn't he great? He's not holding back, is he, on his promos? Like they are, they're almost uncomfortable to watch. He's being that savage. And that's when you know someone's doing some good heel work. He's doing, he's doing some brilliant, brilliant work. But yeah, and Luchasaurus as his absolute heel monster, I combine to that. Christian being the puppet master. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really interesting story going forward. I, and you know what? It's not the, and I won't call them low blows because I'm, I'm sure it's being passed by the family, but the, the family stuff is uncomfortable. That for me is, isn't what's great. It's everything. I mean, he has switched everything about himself, the attire, the way he's talking. And you think this version of Christian Cage wouldn't hate Christian Cage going against Mox for the title. Wouldn't mind that as a little feud. No, I could definitely see that. Because um, also, we all forget, Christian is an excellent, excellent wrestler still. Yeah. He can still absolutely go. He can still really, really go. So he is, yeah, he, him as a heel, I think, would be very, very exciting. The other thing is Luchasaurus as a heel. Who, who would have thought you could turn a dinosaur? But apparently, it's something you can do. And I'm, I'm sort of invested in this sneaky little lizard now. This sneaky little lizard, what an excellent phrase. Um, yeah, I'll be interested how, how far they push it because... One thing AEW doesn't have and hasn't ever had is a big monster heel. Mm. And when done correctly, they're some of the most captivating storytelling and wrestling stories you can tell and devices. So with a good manager as well, I, I could see this being a real star turn for Luchasaurus, but also Jungle Boy as it is going to get that huge face pop when he comes back. I'd lead him away for five or six, seven weeks, have them taunting him and then bang, bring him back. Huge, huge pop, I think. They do need a monster heel, and they've got Miro, who's a different type of beast altogether. But can you be a monster heel when your gimmick is you're a wrestling dinosaur? Or is this a type of thing where you go, might need to unmask him, might need to shave his head? might Because if you take away the mask and the shaved head, he's still the biggest, if not you know, one of the biggest guys on their roster. It's a really good question, because... I think if you're going to have him masked and be Luchasaurus and be a wrestling dinosaur per se, all the comedy side of that probably needs to go. And he doesn't talk and he just stands next to Christian and looks scary like Kane did in his mask when he first came. And you don't hear from him and he just destroys everything in his path. If you want him to talk, if you want him to have character, if you want that from him, then you probably do need to change his gimmick slightly because at the end of the day, you go, he's a wrestling dinosaur, lads. It's not, I can't really get behind this. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't do more to highlight some of the stories coming out of Forbidden Door. I think that's just an AEW issue. We've touched on it a few times, the fact that, that once something's done, it's sort of in the back mirror and away they go. Um, but I, well worth checking out this edition of Dynamite, a really strong one-two punch from Forbidden Door to this Dynamite. I, I, I think that AEW should do well off this. Yeah, you'd think they would be having more fans and maybe some of the more uh, more New Japan fans will be tuning into Dynamite Weekly. And yeah, I think it's been a really, really successful week and Tony Khan will be pretty happy. Let's talk WWE because from one pay-per-view to one premium live event, Forbidden Door is in the books and now WWE gets its turn at having our weekends. It's Money in the Bank coming from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, not originally where it was meant to be. They switched it a while back and I think that was a wise decision. Two Money in the Bank matches, no world title match for one of the big five premium live events of the year. How are you feeling going into Money in the Bank? 
always like Money in the Bank. Yeah. I always think the wrestlers, both the men and the women's match, they really pull it, pull out all the stops for um, for the ladder matches. Ladder matches are great, aren't they? They're such a good way to tell story and just have some mental spots that we talk about forever. And you look at the two matches, they're stacked with, with superstars who can do brilliant things. So I, I'm excited. It's always after the Rumble and Mania. It's my third favourite pay-per-view consistently of the year. So I'll be watching... But yeah, I, I am excited, but maybe my excitement is maybe limited by the fact that with the exception of Big E last year, I can't remember the last time they handled a cash-in well. Like, yeah. they, don't, they don't seem to know what to do with cash-ins anymore when they pretty much nailed it early on with how to do it. And it just doesn't seem like that's where they are anymore. No, I, I mean, uh, let's go through the competitors. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus Olmos versus Sami Zayn versus Riddle versus TBC for the men's briefcase. That'll be decided, I think, on SmackDown. We're recording before SmackDown. And in the women's Money in the Bank match, Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Asuka versus Shotzi versus Becky Lynch. You're right about the Big E cash-in, and that was... You know, now now correct me if I'm wrong. Were we do we have fans back for the Big E cash in? Was it? Yes, because the yeah. 2021 ladder money in the bank was the first fully sold out. Yes, um, pay per view back. So it was it was very very good last year's money in the bank because of that. Yeah. Now, who do we who do we think of those men? Are, are you rooting for? And, and there's one more to come, but of the ones we've got announced there, who who are you inkling might might be in with the best shot? I'd love to see Sami Zayn win it. Yes. I really would. And I think there is a hilarious story to be told of him trying to get in the bloodline, but having the briefcase. Um, I don't think he should cash it in on Roman, although I don't know how you ever get the title off Roman. And also, has Roman retired from defending the title? Uh, because he's defended it once since WrestleMania. So, which is hilarious. It's from WrestleMania to SummerSlam, he's going to defend his title twice, which is just ridiculous. But we are where we are. But yeah, I would want Sami Zayn to win it. In uh, in that in that match, but I tell you who I want my two picks to be the last person, and they won't be either of them. I don't think I'd love it to be Edge. I think Edge with the with the briefcase is brilliant, but also I just think Kevin Owens is the best in ladder matches. Yeah, so somehow work out a way to get Kevin Owens in the match. I I can see a situation where WWE puts in Ezekiel, but then has Elias win, and then they hold it up because WWE will do that kind of shonky booking. I love the idea of Sami Zayn winning because I love the story they're telling on SmackDown of Sami winning the briefcase to protect Roman. But what it also gives Sami is power. And how intriguing would that story be of Sami having the ability to get into the bloodline, to be an honorary use, to, to be part of that team, but also having the ability to cash in on Roman and be the most real threat to him. I mean, give Heyman that storyline and you know he would work some magic with it. Just about to say, imagine the conversations between Heyman and Sammy and imagine Sammy gets himself in and then those teases of him just backing off behind Roman with a briefcase, pretending to hit him on the head. Like there's just, you could get months of brilliant storyline out of that. And then imagine the moment when he finally did cash in. And yeah, why not? We don't know who's going to beat Sammy, um, Roman Reigns this title. Why not make it Sami Zayn cashing in? Because a cash in is your easiest way to get out of this. Of this, have Roman go to war with someone and then a cash in. That's the easiest way to get these titles off him without hurting Roman Reigns. So why not Sami Zayn? And you've also got the option of having him take one, maybe. I don't, I don't know what, what you could do with that. The other easy option to go for is to have Drew McIntyre win and and he pre-announces his cash in like Rob Van Dam and says Clash in the Castle. That that's me. That's where I'm doing it. I honestly hate that though because how stupid. 
Yeah. Honestly, put your put your wanting to be champion head um, mind on. I've always Why got the, that mind on. Yes, yes, you do, Jack. Why the hell would you cash in at a predetermined debt? You can do it any time. I want to bring back that you have to bring Vince McMahon out to cash in, like the first one when Edge yes. brought him out in New Year's Revolution, uh, two thousand and six, because we didn't, none of us knew how it was going to work, and Vince came to the top of the ramp and Edge gave it to him. I want that again. Isn't it amazing how that? You look at the success of Money in the Bank, and it was that cash-in and the fact it was Edge who held it for so long that made that gimmick. Because I remember when they said, WrestleMania 21, we're doing a ladder match, it's all that. And you go, yeah, okay. I mean, it'll be a good match, but how's this gimmick going to work? And it was Edge and that moment that established this so important to the history of Money in the Bank. And every other company, apart from AEW, has got their own version of it now. I remember I was so angry. Yeah, I was a big Cena fan at the time, and he just—I was—I was very black and white as a kid. It's fair or it's not fair, and I was what eleven at this point. I remember screaming at my dad like, "Cena's just—he's just had a massive elimination challenge. This isn't fair," and it just completely did its job. It—it it was. It was brilliant, and I actually miss the Money Bank ladder match being at Mania. I know they want to make their own event out of it, but I always thought it was a great thing to have at Mania. Mania. I think if you put it on Sami Zayn, you can establish it again, as as you say, as that. I mean, I think we can discount Sheamus. I think we can discount Omos. I think we can probably discount Seth, although Seth title uh, Money in the Bank reign would be interesting. Um, Riddle, I think, is a bit of an outside chance. I don't mind the idea of him having it, but I actually don't think Riddle needs it anymore. I think he's elevated himself to that top tier. Yeah, Riddle's a main event player now. I don't think he. I don't think he needs. That. I also think it's always better in the hands of a heel. Always. Yes. It, it, it's better from a heel. Well, who do you think is winning the women's one? Well, you say it's always better in the hands of a heel. And here's my question. Is Becky Lynch still a heel? Because I, she's I earned her way know. in. Yeah. I just don't know. Becky's Becky. She Did you see her not clap for Cena? Yes. Oh, oh it was brilliant. And then come out and say she basically is John Cena. I, I think she's fantastic. I think she's just brilliant. And I saw her, you know, the way the commentators were talking about her earning her last chance to get into that match. She doesn't feel like a heel to me. I mean, why should I hate Becky Lynch scrapping her way into this match to get back her title? Why Why should I not respect that? Yeah, I, I can't give you a reason for that. But then why would you like such an arrogant, obnoxious, doesn't care about anyone person sort of person as well? So... They, they, she's definitely a tweener, and she's just, she's one of those superstars who is her. She's Becky Lynch, and it, she's transcends face or heel at this point. I, I would like her to have the briefcase because I, I think uh, Asuka, you know, I think would be an interesting choice, but I think you need Becky having that briefcase, and she can really elevate it, and it gives her something to do for such a long time. Ronda Rousey versus Natalia for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair versus Carmella for the Raw Women's Championship. Couple of other matches on there. No world title match again. We don't see Roman on this premium live event. And this isn't a small one. This isn't a missable one. This is money in the bank and he's not there. They don't know what to do with him. They, they do not know. Like they, well, they, they decide they're going to Lesnar at SummerSlam. But until then, they don't know what to do with Roman. And... At this point, it goes past, oh, that's an unfortunate place you put yourself to. This is now bad booking. Uh, your world champion, the hottest thing in wrestling, is not on probably your probably your fourth biggest show. And I reckon this is bigger than Survivor Series now, in the bank. Yeah. Probably your fourth biggest show of the year, and your biggest draw has not got a match. What, what, explain that to me. It's not, like, it's not like you haven't got a good roster. 
You haven't built anyone to the level. He's got a match on the next one that's already announced. And this is what is maddening for me because you, WWE is sort of saying, you, you don't need your world champion on this one because you've got money in the bank. And I'm going, no, you need your world champion highlighted across your shows. You, you need him doing, he needs to have a confrontation with someone. He needs something to be doing. Are the Usos wrestling on Money in the Bank? Yeah, I think the Usos are wrestling. I, I don't have that information in front of me. I think I they think are. they're wrestling the Street Profits, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll, he'll probably be on screen in that. But even so, like, the Usos should be having a huge, huge match as well that we're talking about because they're the next hottest thing at the moment because they're next to Roman. I have a very uneasy feeling about SummerSlam. I have a feeling that we are getting a rerun of WrestleMania, celebs galore. I think we're getting Pat McAfee against Baron Corbin. I we think are. we're getting The Miz and uh, Logan Paul back together again. That's been teased. And we're getting, again, Brock versus Roman. I have an uncomfortable feeling about that show and that this is the way WWE is now treating all its big stadium shows as a celeb and our, our legacy stars showcase. And it doesn't sit well with me. No, I want to see your best wrestlers now at the biggest event. You can have one or two matches that are like that, but I want to see your absolute best doing what they do best. I have no issue with Pat McAfee because he's there every week. And my God, that man's a gem. He yeah. is brilliant. And the way he just tore down Corbin on the mic last week on SmackDown was just chef's kiss brilliant. So I've got no, no issue with that. And he will, he will deliver. He does in the ring. He's actually a very, very good wrestler. Pat McAfee for a man who's only had three or four matches. Um, but you don't want to hang your hat on it. That's not what you want to be your draw. I think we're going to get seen a theory, aren't we, as well? And it, but is there any other way to make fans feel like your, your content is missable than sort of saying, if it doesn't have a celeb on, if it doesn't have Brock, if it's not in a big stadium, you're not going to get the world champion. You, you know, this, this is the big <clears> one. And, and, and I, I don't understand it. And it used to be that SummerSlam was big because you booked your stories to a big climax at SummerSlam and WrestleMania was big because that's where all your stories came together. It wasn't big because of celebs or the venue. It was big because of the wrestling. Yeah, and it does seem like they're relying more on name value rather than story, which is is a shame because there are so many wrestlers there in that company who, given them the one, two, three-month storyline, could be huge stars and just they, they, they aren't because of it. And I've enjoyed it for a bit but Kevin Owens needs to get out of this storyline now with Ezekiel, Elias and Elrod. It's been fun. I, I read the spoilers it. for Raw this week. I, I've had quite a busy week. Tell me what is going on with Elrod because I, you know I don't like this we haven't We haven't met him yet, right? but there's a third brother somewhere I, and he's I, being teased. He's not for me, so I sort of skipped past it. I will watch it. But then when I read Elrod, I thought, oh, for God, because then there'll be I'm, an Edward and an Eric and an I'm, Ernie. Well... You obviously, you, you trod with Elrod. That's what they've gone with. Um, <laughs> Is that true? That's, that's 100% true. Um, oh, Ezekiel sake. said that. He said, you can walk with Elias. I've forgotten what he says. Speak with Zeke or you trod with Elrod. And I won't lie. That He said, he said that, Jack, to John Cena was who he said that to. I'm in a Dr. Zeus novel. I mean, this is being yes. booked by, by but, uh, Vince Zuso. Yes, but you're very good. But Kevin Owens needs to get into something a little bit more serious soon because he's, we almost forget how good he is. Because I, I promise you, this doesn't work with anyone but KO, this whole nonsense. Maybe he Sammy. Deserves, maybe Sammy. Yes, maybe Sammy. And I just, I still, I still hold out for the day they face each other at WrestleMania. That's still what I hold out for. 
Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with comedy and wrestling and, and, and it's nothing bad about it, but, but there is a shelf life. Um, John Cena returned on raw to celebrate his 20th anniversary in WWE, an eight minute promo. I got to the end and my sort of thought was, is that it? I don't think so because he said, you will be seeing me again. I just don't know when. And then they started shouting one more match. He said, it'll be more than one. And John Cena's many things, but I don't think he's a liar to the fans. I don't think he would come out and say, I will be back if he wasn't going to be. I, I still think we get him at SummerSlam with Austin Theory. I just said that. I think I think that's where they're going. The only thing is now it comes to is he's so big in Hollywood like The Rock. Yeah. The insurance and his filming season, all that becomes the, becomes the issue. But it's just, you know what? I think it's really nice to see John Cena getting his flowers and yes. getting the standing of age he deserves because... Especially in the mid-2000s, yes, you can say about how he was pushed and burying other people and that sort of stuff. But that man strapped the company when it was pretty sparse on his back and carried it. But more so than that, John seems the man. He seems a little bit weird, but he seems like a very, very, very good human being. He's granted 659 wishes on Make-A-Wish. Did you see the video recently of uh, while he was in Europe? Um, Yeah. some of the people who fled Ukraine, one, one of their children had Down syndrome. The only way they could convince them to leave without kicking up a massive fuss was telling them they were off to meet John Cena. They obviously weren't, but they needed to get out of Ukraine. John Cena heard about this, and John Cena went and met this child. Like, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, go in its four-minute video, go and find it on Twitter or YouTube, because he's he goes out of his way to a different country because he's nearby. He's not really nearby, but he's so he seems like an amazing person and like a heart of gold for these kids who you see their faces light up when they meet him. It makes their life. So I'm just really pleased he got his standing ovation, got his flowers, and is being treated with the respect he deserves. And you also had Jericho and Brian Danielson. Yes. Which I thought was classy. Yes. Nice move. I thought it was really good that WWE are big enough to go and get people from other companies to send messages because they've been huge, huge parts of his career. Yeah. And, and do you know what? I think part of the thing with Cena is we've matured as well. Yes. And, and we have become more sophisticated as wrestling fans and we all grow up in our lives and we all go, oh, OK, we can see now what maybe we didn't see when we were gobby 18, 19 year olds watching John Cena and everything was wrestling. You sort of go, oh, OK, it's it's a different thing. So look, Money in the Bank is this weekend. We're doing Earning the Push and Back to Developmental in a tick. A reminder to rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow him on Twitter, Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Last week, we posed a question about wrestling music and music being reused in wrestling for promos and brilliant moments. Do you want a few thoughts on this? Um, I'm not as good at music as you. I I think about this, and I what I do is I go, oh, that was good when you mentioned them. And also, won't lie, maybe I forgot we asked this question. Who knows? It's fine because we've got stuff coming in. Um, because I this is all on the back of running up that hill from Stranger yes, Things yes, going yes, in. Yes. And, and for those who don't know, it's using a WrestleMania 26 promo package. Josh says that WrestleMania 26 video package is my absolute favorite of all time. I love the Imagine Dragons one as well. James Coatsworth says, I remember hearing Michaels making a speech in his retirement talking about the videos being put together that made him look like a hero, which ironically, WWE then cut together to music to make him look like a hero. We've spoken before. These WWE video packages are are so, so good with the right music. Yeah, they are the masters of it. And sometimes all it takes is a good three-minute promo package for a match at a big show and you are absolutely buzzing for it. So they are the best at this and I promise you I do like a lot of them. I won't lie, I just completely forgot we'd asked that question last week. Do you know what is interesting is Emma says, um, uh, can we have at some point a music to create promos to 
feature. I would like to nominate the nicest man in music, Sam Ryder, and his song, Tiny Riot. What a banger it would be and perfect for a WWE video package. That'd be an interesting conversation about, yeah, ones we could see being used over the back of VT and, and building, building excitement for a match. I've had this before where obviously because of my day job where you're sometimes thinking what's the right music and there was a period um, it's a long time ago so I can talk about it but I used to watch WWE video packages and I used to work them into the sports montages I was making I used to love doing it there was um, I think it was WrestleMania 27 where it was Johnny Cash when The Undertaker came in and yes. they played yeah, yeah, yeah. that and I, I remember there was a big rugby final I thought I'm having that I'm having that and I'm using it and it's it's amazing and I will never and these are the sad ones I will never forget the tears I cried when they made that Eddie Guerrero um RIP package to Johnny Cash's hurt and I'd never heard that song before and I was in bits Johnny those albums when Johnny Cash was coming towards his end when he was dying he did his seven American classic albums they called them Hurt is the most famous one from them, but he also, when he did um, Ain't No Grave, that Undertaker used for a long time. Because he's unwell when he sings, and I, my dad is a huge Johnny Cash fan, so I was brought up listening to a lot of Johnny Cash, and subsequently I'm a big Johnny Cash fan myself. His voice is so gravelly in them that he's actually technically not that good a singer, but because he's Johnny Cash, it comes across as just magic. They lend themselves so well to anything that's emotional or hard hitting or has that real sort of edge to it. They're they're excellent. There's there's seven albums worth of them, so they're worth going and listening to. Yeah, I mean, and and I think everyone will say that my way video between Stone Cold and The Rock wrestling. My way or the highway. So good, so good. The the only reason I know music like that is from wrestling. Like some some pretty heavy rock can come on song and go, oh, I know that song. How do you know that song? Ah, wrestling, you see. Wrestling, hey, it'll it'll teach you in ways you don't know. Who would you have as your entrance music if you could have anyone? Because you must have some sway at the club when they, they announce you onto the pitch. I would use um, ACDC Shoot to Throw. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. I, I always say, if I could only listen to one band ever again tra- to train to in the gym, if I had to have one, it'd be ACDC. Very nice. I'd have the Keeping Up Appearances theme. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have very different entrance packages. The countdown music or something like that. And you're just on the ramp. Pyro, then yeah. I just walk down in silence. That's what yeah. I would do. Um, right, look, let's do everyone's favourite part of the show. Let's send something from everyday life we hate back to developmental, and let's give something the push, first or second. I will go second this week. Okay. Um, I am sending back to developmental. It is my prerogative. Two things. Okay. One I had written down. The second just really is bugging me at the moment. Um, the first one is smelly casts. I am in a cast. Have you ever been in a cast before? So, right, touch wood, somehow in my career I've never had to wear a cast, but I've been around people who have, and they stink. Now, this one is about two He's weeks He's just old. sniffed it. Jack yeah. just sniffed his cast, just so everyone's aware. It is, it is not that bad, but occasionally you go, what, what's that smell? And you go, oh, it's me. It's me. I am that smell. So I've been Googling a lot this week how to make cast not smell, and there is no good answer, none at all. How are you finding your big uh, plastic bag for showering? My oh, my big my big shower condom. Yes, it's, it's humiliating. Yes, because you're standing there naked and you're like, right, best get this huge cellophane bag and slide it up my arm like I'm a dog going to the vet. It's so undignified. 
it's there's no dignified way of doing it so it's it's so smelly they say talcum powder might work for your cows like because it but who knows so smelly cows is one the other thing in modern life why do we have to enter codes so much my zoom password changed I changed my password. Oh, if you're changing your password, this is an unusual login from here. We've sent you a code to somewhere else. Can you log in there to get the code to log in here? Can't remember the login to that place. Well, we'll send you a code for the initial. Life is just constantly proving who you are. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it just? You've always got to prove yourself to someone. But on the flip side of that, how good is the feature on the iPhone that when you're on one website and it's like, we've sent you a text to fill this in. You don't have to go across your text. You yes. click to fill it in. It says, ah, this is the number from your text. That yes. I love. That's great. I, I In my life, there was a certain point in my life where I never had to identify a fire engine or a fire hydrant. There yes. was like, I got to about 25 and they were never, my life was never important to identify fire hydrants. Now, maybe twice a week, someone will go, how many fire hydrants can you see? Is this a plane or a motorbike? Is this a bus? Also, sometimes they overlap. And you're yeah. like, well, is that meant to be overlapped? Like, there's a there is one fifteenth of a fire hydrant in that square. Is that meant to be or not? Yeah. To access your own account, please to decipher these very very swirly letters. It's my stuff. It's mine. So that's going back to developmental. Uh, quick earning the push for me. Wimbledon's back. I like anytime sports on in the day, and Wimbledon's here. Yes, Wimbledon is excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, it is a staple of the British summer, isn't it? Can you play tennis? No. No, I didn't think so. No, sorry, no. Let's move <laughs> on from that. I was gonna. I imagine your forehand would be like like a trebuchet or something. There's just, just not like... enough contact. <laughs> I think any game where the men's tournament is called the gentlemen's isn't for me. I would like to see you against Nick Kyrgios, so I think that would maybe put him. In there'd place. be there'd be plenty of contact if I was playing that. I would think so. Uh, right, what are you doing? So my back to that mental actually links with your earn the push. Oh, I, I love I love Wimbledon. Yeah, you're very concerned now. I do love Wimbledon. It's a brilliant, brilliant tournament. Uh, the final of Wimbledon, you always sit down and watch, don't you, on that second Sunday. Tennis scoring. Oh, okay. Who invented the scoring assist for tennis and just how high were they when they did it? <laughs> just imagine the conversation about how we're going to do this. So sets, games, and match, I'm absolutely fine with. That makes complete sense, Okay. All right, how are we going to score the games? What, just first to first to four? No, I reckon we go zero to 15. Right, okay, that's interesting. What next? 30. Oh, okay, so we're going up in 15s. So are we going to say that the winner gets to 60? No, 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 because after 30, we're going to go to 40. Right, so we're now going to go up in 10, are we? Yeah, yeah, we'll go up in 10. Okay, then what if you get after that? Well, then you just win. Okay, unless it's 40 all. What, what's the issue if it's 40 all? Well, you've got to win by two clear points. Right, okay, so we're just calling 40 all, 40 all. No, 40 all is juice. Why is it juice? Don't ask silly questions, it is. Okay, <laughs> what happens after juice? If you score after juice, what happens? You get advantage. Right, okay, and then if the other person scores, is it advantage for both? No, 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 then it's back to juice. What a load of nonsense. It, it, it is ludicrous, and it's also, we're going to say love. Because... Yes, except from in tie breaks. Yep. In tie breaks, it's 1-0. And then, yeah, tie breaks will score that normally. Yeah. load of genuine nonsense but the but it did provide one of the favorite moments of my life go on about four years ago i was watching wimbledon at home with my youngest sister kate and i think it was it was nadal Djokovic or something and i said i was like oh, this is a good match isn't it kate was like yeah i'm really enjoying it i said it's close as well she went is it i said 
I said, what, what, what do you mean, is it? She went, I won't lie, Charlie. I've got no idea what those numbers mean. <laughs> I said, what, what case? She's like, I do not understand how tennis is scored. She's like, what's that two and that one? I thought it's two sets to one. She said, but when, why is there a three and a four there? I said, well, that's the games. She said, when, why is there a 30? I was like, because that's the point in the game. She's like, I don't know what any of this means. I never have. I just clap when other people clap. So did she think Nadal was leading by 6,430 points had, to five she, did, she didn't know who was winning. She had <laughs> no idea. And she was, what, 18 at this point? So for 18 years, we'd all bumbled along, presuming she knew how tennis was scored. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't blame her because it is really complicated. My, my favourite thing about Wimbledon will always be when an elderly line judge gets hit by a ball. You tweeted this. Oh, I love vicious. it. It No, it sustains me. When you basically someone peppers a tennis ball at a woman in her late 60s at 170 miles just an hour. Where is it? Just where is it? it? Or on the knee and she doesn't collapse and go, ah, oh, my knee. She just goes, wow. And then what, the crowd <laughs> laugh. I tell you what I do love about tennis though. You saw it last night and then Murray is in a match. If you're good at serving, there's sometimes nothing your opponent can do. Yeah. Like Murray had to break Isner to stay in the game, and Isner just went ace, 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 unreturnable. Thank you very much. And, and I'm, like, too, ah, fair I'm play. too short for it because they would literally bounce above my head because Isner's such a beast. He's like the big show of tennis. Yeah, he's like six ten, isn't he? Unbelievable. Giant. Um, but I'm not just moaning about tennis scoring. Okay. Uh, earning the push for me this week is Luke Combs has a new album out. I'm a big fan of country music. I'm a big fan of Luke Combs. His new album came out on Friday. I had a four-hour drive to Beverly in Yorkshire for a brilliant... This is almost what I the push. I had a brilliant family wedding at the weekend. It was my first adult wedding, and it was uh. excellent. My cousin had a wonderful wedding. So that, that was, that's got a mini push. But I don't think he really cares if I give that a push on the rest of the podcast. I think I said to him, I might give this the push. He was like, I don't know what you mean. Um, really, no. Charlie? You promise? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, that'll make our day. Let me let me tell my wife. That's the best present you could Stop have given Stop the us. wedding, everyone. Yes. Charlie's going to say something nice in his best of podcast this weekend. Um, but no, uh, Luke Holmes' new album, Growing Up, is brilliant. By the time I got to Beverly, I knew all the words to all the songs because I just listened to it on loop for four hours. Yeah, um, we bear in mind, we've just done a whole segment on music where you were like, I don't really know music. And then you're just earning the push, an obscure country singer that possibly only Ob you have... Ob obscure? Excuse me. To me, who is a man mentally in his mid-80s, he's obscure. Oh, he's brilliant. And he looks like me. Uh, does he? Yes, he's got a shaved head and a ginger beard. So I, I kind of live vicariously through Luke Combs. Can I give one more thing quickly back to developmental, which is three, I know, which is oh, against but, Hey, 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 we do what we want. I'm going to send back Glastonbury Festival, but not the festival, people coming back from Glastonbury and telling you who they saw. I just don't care because I don't I, know. Who these I honestly are. can't think of the worst thing on Glastonbury. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, there, I was there. I saw I saw Kendrick Lamar and then we saw Foles and then we saw Shut the Cupboard and then we saw uh, Dishwasher Blondes and they were amazing. They were so good. I don't care. I, I don't. It's not for me, you know? And it was amazing because I actually saw them in Xantia, my gap yard. Shut <laughs> up. Also, <laughs> pick your rubbish up. Stop yeah. leaving your rubbish at Glastonbury. I have stories I could tell you about Glastonbury. Um, well, you're, if you want to laugh, go and look at Jack's tweet about why he didn't get sent back to Glastonbury by BBC. Because all he did was drink tea. Oh, and it was amazing. Look, let's bring this back to wrestling as we look to close this podcast before it just becomes old men rant. <laughs> There's another podcast there for us where we just rant about the young things young people enjoy. And then I remember that I'm 26. Uh, you are young. You are in the prime of your life. I'm which, is, it, which is scary because it took me five minutes to get out of bed this morning because my back hurt so much. But you're an athlete, you know, because you're going back into pre-season now. Well, that's the thing. I can already, Andrew, if you've got your spreadsheet, I can already tell you what my back to that mental will be next week. I've got my I've got pre-season testing tonight and then I've got my first week of pre 
preseason. So just type that in for next week. Or well, actually, Andrew, type that in as my back development for the next eight weeks. It's painful. It's painful in this heat as well. Right. Look, uh, we'll wrap up very quickly. Give me your pick for the men's money in the bank. Sami Zayn. I really, really want. I will pop big if Sami Zayn wins. And for the women, Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, interesting. Why? Someone. Let's use money in the bank to make someone a superstar. Let's give a monster heel the threat to be able to cash in at any point they want. I like that very much. Look, the big wrestling events keep on coming. Next week, we'll be back with a review of everything that goes down in Las Vegas this weekend. We hope you enjoy it, whether you do or whether you don't. Keep in touch with this podcast by following him on Twitter. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a mate about what we do here, but we are out of time. On behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening and bye-bye. Bye-bye.